Hello and welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast. We are back for another week's show, straight away, one week after the other, which has been an, fairly unusual actually this season, but we're you know in and out, it's, I like to keep things a little bit fresh and uh, unpredictable. So um, welcome to the show, ladies and gents, and welcome to the show, my esteemed guest, Steve Wiss. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It's good to be back uh, so soon after the last episode and uh, uh, after all the um, talk on the Swedish uh, league uh, in the previous edition, then I think we're going to be more Norway orientated in this one, aren't we? We are indeed. This is going to be your time to shine, my man. And just to give you guys a bit of a reminder, because uh, I'm in charge of the uh, the intro this time, I want to give a firstly a plug. Uh, so yeah, follow us on Twitter at NordicFootPod. And also catch us on Facebook. I really want everyone to try and give us a like if you can. So I'm going to get the plugs out of the way uh, straight away this week. Uh, so yeah, give us give us a like on Facebook, Nordic Football Podcast. And if you like it, we may even give you a shout out on the show. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm Jonathan Faduba as of as ever, and my guest is Steve Wiss, and we're ready to go. So I'm going to go straight into things. No messing around. Steve, we have Norway. We're back in Norway this weekend. Everything kicks off again. Are you excited? Um, averagely excited, I would say. I think the problem with um, a, sort of a, a whole month off midway through a season, you can kind of lose track of things, can't you? And excitement can kind of uh, go downhill a, a little bit to to a degree. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm averagely excited. I, I think I'll be more excited after the round of matches has been complete. Actually, John, you know, especially if we've had some good games. Out there, I mean, it can sometimes take you a couple of weeks uh, back to get in the swing of things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely, and that that's understandable. Um, I mean, I have to say, I, I'm fairly excited. It's always uh, for some reason the world feels right when there's Swedish and Norwegian games at weekends. When I look at sort of live score or if I if I check the fixtures, and when both leagues have got games, for some reason I'm always a bit excited. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, let's look at it now and get straight into it. There's obviously we're in the middle of a transfer window. There have been some key transfers. I think that might be the best place to start. Um, I mean, just briefly for anyone who's not aware or who uh, isn't too sure about the table and as, as things stand at the moment, we have number one, Bran, 35 points, 16 games played. Number two, Rosenborg, 33 points, 16 games played, the champions. And then Mulder, number three, 29 points, 16 games played. So the six-point gap and Ranheim as well joint with them, but with a 14 goal inferior goal difference but they're joint fourth uh joint third there in, in the table so those are the four main main contenders maybe for the title has the transfer window shaken things up significantly at the top end steve what's your take on the the transfer window and how it might impact the title race it's actually been really quiet so far uh, i've got to be honest with you i'm not sure exactly how long is left in this window it's usually around about the 15th of august i think i'll, I'll have to check uh, exactly uh, when and I expect quite a bit of action in the next week or two to be honest with you but so far it's been fairly quiet certainly um, well at all ends of the table really there's not been really many additions there's been more departures than additions I would say uh, sort of in, in, in the top clubs for example Sivert Nielsen he's left brand to, to Danish club Horsens uh, but they haven't added anyone themselves yet and uh, it's Pretty quiet times. I don't think this uh, any transfers so far really uh, going to make any significant difference. Yeah. So I mean, looking looking at things, uh, 
we've got a one million pound transfer, which is, I suppose is fairly significant for the region in terms of value uh, in or out. Um, it's Rosenborg have lost a player to Empoli, uh, yet Jacob Rasmussen is one of the biggest deals of this window so far. Empoli is obviously a fairly big club in, in Syria. I think they're in Syria this season. What is the outlook? Is that a good deal for Rosenborg getting that kind of money, or you know, will they miss him? Well, for me personally, I would say yeah. I think it's a good good deal because he he's I mean, he's a young player. Uh, I've got to say that first and foremost. And it's a shame to lose young players, but uh, he's never really been a regular starter for, for Rosenborg. Um, he's been on the bench more he has uh, in the starting eleven. So um, yeah, to get one million, I mean that's a rough figure. I don't know how exact that is, but um, I think it's done fairly well. I'm sure there'll be a few add-ons as well. I guess for the player, it's a good move, isn't it? I mean, Empoli, like you said, they're. Uh, I'm not actually sure what league they're in. Did they just get relegated from Serie A or maybe just survive? I'm, I'm not sure. But either way, yeah. you know, Serie A, Serie B is not a bad level, is it? So good move for him. Probably a good move for the club as well. And I don't think they'll miss him much. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, as while we're on the subject of Rosenborg, we may as well touch on their, their European game. Um, you know, obviously going out to Celtic, they'll now be in the Europa League qualifiers. Who have they got? And what was your thoughts on that whole tie? You know, is it a dis disappointment for you? Uh, and should Rosenborg fans be disappointed with that defeat? Or was it to be expected and you move on? Well, they weren't disgraced. They got knocked out on aggregate 3-1. They drew nil, nil, nil in the second leg. Um, they were outplayed over the two legs. But you'd expect that, wouldn't you? I mean, Celtic, you know, I read somewhere that they, Celtic themselves, have ambitions to get out of the Champions League group stages this, this year, which, um, you know, I suppose you could say fair enough. Historically, they're, they're big enough to do that. I don't know whether they're going to be good enough to do it again this year. So they've gone out to a giant, really, in, in the qualifying round. So no disgrace there. They're now going to the Europa League qualifying. Uh, they've got Cork City, who they faced last year in the uh, in the Champions League qualifiers. They needed extra time uh, last year to get past them. So, yeah, it's the sort of tie they should be getting past, isn't it, really? No disrespect to the Irish team, but... Uh, you know, Rosenborg had a good run last year in the Europa League. Um, they, they got to the group stages and I think they'll hope to do exactly the same again. Nothing nothing too much to worry about for the fans going out to Celtic. Uh, I think the, probably the biggest concern is that they've been kind of standing still with the playing squad in the last sort of 18 months, really. They just uh, transfer. I know they've been criticised on the transfer level for not being ambitious enough and I think I could agree with that. They need to look a bit you know, they need to add a bit more quality if they want to expand in Europe. Yes, and so, I mean, just to round off um, Rosenborg as the champions that they are, I mean, there has actually been, well, some reasonable amount of business. They have, well, no, not a great deal, is it? There's a few people coming out from loans and things like that. I don't think there's actually been a significant amount of business, but there is a big game coming out this weekend for them, and that is against Ranheim, who, uh, you know, fourth against second that's quite quite a big game what's your um what's your take on that well i mean it's an interesting one this is the tron time derby and uh, it's sort of this big brother against little brother thing and obviously it was a shock uh, the first match between these two ended in a one-all draw at Riesenborg stadium ranheim equalized quite late in that game um it could be a banana skin i mean end of the day Riesenborg have been playing in europe recently uh, as late as wednesday night now they're only they've got to play on Saturday against. I mean, Ranham for them this is for them this is their cup final, absolute their cup final. So they're going to be 200% effort. 
it's a sort of artificial surface no one really likes at this stadium. So sort of plastic players made of glass like Paul Andre Helland isn't going to enjoy life on, on that sort of surface. And, you know, you've got to be, you know, some of the softer guys at Rosenborg might not enjoy it either. So, uh, yeah, I see it as a real banana skin. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions going on about Runheim this year. You know, how statistically there's no way they can keep up their, these points, you know, with expected goals and things like that. And I'm sure they will fade as the season progresses. But in this particular fixture, would I rule them out? No. If they got battered 5-0, I wouldn't be surprised either. It's one of those really interesting games, which um, it's on Saturday and uh, could go either way. Uh, you know, no result would surprise me. But it's gonna, for me, it's a banana skin. Definitely. Yeah, and just looking uh, to round off some of the, the deals that Risenberg had been involved with, they've had a couple of centre-backs. I think their loans have ended, isn't it? And just, there's not much, much business there really at all. Ego Ogbu has come back from a loan, uh, I think, and Alex Gerspach. So, yeah, I don't think there's been too much too much business there really. I mean, in, uh, moving on to Ranheim just very quickly, as he mentioned, there's been a few sort of comments on whether they'll regress to the mean and, you know, can they, can they keep this form up? Uh, I mean... A lot of people have sort of mentioned, and there's a good account to follow at Cronable as well, who do really good expected goal analysis and that kind of thing. Which I know sometimes you're not maybe 100% sold on them at times, or I know you have certain opinions on it. But they've kind of pointed to the fact that, the, you know, Rosenborg's goals, goal tally is looking impressive, but could be unsustainable. Are you with that? Do you agree? Yeah, Ranheim's goal tallies, yeah. I mean, it's, um, I think what you've got to look at is that their, their home form and away form has become quite different in the last couple, last uh, sort of eight nine matches. They've been at, they've been battered away from home in quite a few games. I think uh, ones that stick out. I think Buda Glimt uh, took four past them. Sarpsborg were exactly the same. But they've been de- you know they've been really hard to beat in front of their own fans. And it's a really tight, compact stadium. Not much, not many. Uh, the attendance is obviously not very big. And the actual artificial surface is one of them really awkward ones, which. You know, away teams don't enjoy playing on, and look, they've had a, they've had an absolute ball this year. They've nearly got they've nearly got enough points to survive already, and they can just enjoy themselves. So, yeah, I think they'll regress. Uh, just how how much I don't know, uh, but I, I will never be underestimate them um, at home because it's just a really tricky location. But I could see them, I could see them taking a bit of a pasting in quite a few away games. I've got to be brutally honest there. Mm, and just moving on from that, then uh, before we leave Ranheim. They've actually got the best conversion rate in terms of goals scored in, in the entire division, 21.74% of their chances converted, which is streets ahead of some of the teams and, and the average, actually. So, yeah, I mean, they, it looks like they're tucking everything away at the moment. And in terms of transfer business, the only player of note I can see that they've brought in is Magnus Stamnistro. I don't know too much about him. seems to have come from Rosenborg. But they haven't really lost any players. So let's see how they can do in the second half of the season. And we'd love to hear... Your predictions so obviously tweet us message us leave us a like or comment and let us know what you think gonna move on now to a player who's joining the league and that is an old favorite of the pod uh we actually dedicated a section to him on one of last season's podcasts and molder fans will know all about him but it's it's the wolf manless wolf icon is back in scandinavia and he has joined Mulder, his former club, hasn't he, Steve? Uh, tell us all about this. This is a bit of a strange deal because he's only just left, doesn't he? But um, give us the lowdown. It, it just didn't work for him in, in Seattle. And I watched a few games out there for, for, for the Sounders with him. And Can I make the joke? What's that? Did he? Can I make the joke? What joke? 
did he get any good sleep good sleep while he was out there oh god i went <laughs> right over my head that one i wouldn't i mean he went, i'm sure he had a few sleepless nights actually to be honest before <laughs> he was uh he was producing out there i don't think he was that bad from what i saw but he wasn't used properly like he was constantly coming off the bench he was i mean in, in di loads of different positions which i mean I, I don't know what his best position is but um he was all over the gaff really and i think probably doing good to go back to scandinavia where he's probably a bit more comfortable but uh if it look if he comes if he returns to the sort of form he's capable of this could be a fantastic signing couldn't it i mean you're familiar with this player and when he's on song i mean the wolf is really for the elite area could be could and should be a class above it really yeah and i mean last season well he had issues last season with with malmo uh was dropped for quite a lot of this a lot of the season actually and struggled to get in the team and that led to him obviously leaving. I don't know if that becomes a bit of a worry at some point where, you, you know, he's there's two clubs now, really two and what, one and a half seasons, isn't it? And two separate clubs that he's struggled to um, be a part of. Does that, does that maybe kind of, and, and is going home maybe a bit of an easy option for him? Is that, is that kind of the feeling in Norway that it's a bit of a, you know, is he, is he sort of homesick type thing and not really succeeding? Or does he just need that platform to then kick on again? I think he just needs a bit of confidence again, doesn't he? Um, like playing regularly, um, you know, scoring goals, assisting, putting in top-class performances. And um, to be honest, Molden maybe isn't the greatest club for that, actually, because we all know what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is like. He constantly rotates the team around and everything like that. And if he's not careful, he'll be end up in the same position he was at Seattle, where he's on the bench more often than not. But hopefully he can become a first-team regular and stay fit and, and show what he can do. Um, I just feel that his confidence has taken a bit of a, a knock in the last year or two. And and that's the most important. But if he could regain that, well, he could tear up the league, couldn't he? So I overall, I would say it's a, a very good deal for Mulder. They've been quite active, actually. They've signed um, Pavel Chibiki um, on loan from Leeds. Um, striker, who he's another one who could go quite well. They've brought back Lecky James, another striker. And um, yeah, they seem to be loading up in the in their offense to Molder now. They've got a sort of squad that uh, could even challenge for the gold medal if Bran and and uh, Rosenborg sort of struggle a bit in the second half of the season. Yeah, and quickly on Sibitsky as well. He's another one who's come from come from Sweden. Obviously, they they were teammates Sibitsky and Magnus Wolf for a while. Uh, it didn't work out at, at Leeds for uh, Sibitsky. And to be honest, I, I didn't really think it would. I, I didn't think he was massively well suited to. Championship football, if I'm honest, and um, I wouldn't have expected him to, to succeed there straight away. And I'll put my neck on the line and say I'm, I'd be surprised if he if he gets another chance at Leeds or at that kind of level. I do think I do think it might be slightly too much for him uh, at that level, but I think he's got a good chance of doing very well in Norway. So I think that's a shrewd bit of business there. And um, see, Wan Cambo is is back as well, isn't he from from his loan spell? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how if he's going to even stay. He's often with these loans back to the club mid-season, and then they end up going sort of on deadline day somewhere else again. I quite like Siwan Cambo uh, myself. I mean, he's a versatile player. Um, I mean, I like him in that right wing back position. But Solskjaer tried to convert him to a midfielder. He was at left back, left midfield. He was all over the gaff. And I just feel like if you just play him where he's actually good at actually his best position, 
then he can do a good job for you. But is that going to happen at Mulder? It probably is not. They've got about three or four right wing backs on in, on the bloody squad. So whether or not he'll be staying and, and playing regularly, I, I, I don't know. But uh, I quite like the player myself, C1 Camber. Yeah, and uh, just moving on uh, to in terms of Mulder, like you say, they could well be in a tie to race some some food acquisitions there. Maybe uh, I, I like the look of both. I think they will do quite well in 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 Norway. Uh, of uh, sorry, Wolf and and uh, Sibitsky. Um They've got Lillestrøm away this weekend, and Lillestrøm's only piece of business has, has been from Sweden. In fact, they've brought in Arna Smarison from Hammerby. Yeah, I know nothing about this player. I've got to be brutally honest with you. I think he's like a right midfielder or something like that. Yeah, he is, and he's only he's been a fringe player this season. To be honest, his last actual league appearance was in May for 17 minutes. They need, I mean, to be fair, I mean they need they they play four four two, or have been in the last year or two, and and they often play with like right midfielders, so it fits the formation. So I mean, Lillestrøm they're they're not in a great place actually right now, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, this is a match that I would expect Molder to win, although. There's a bit of doubt about the whether Erling Braut Haaland is going to be available for this game. I mean, we need to talk about Haaland, actually. Um, but I would still expect Mulder to win this match. Lillestrøm don't look great at the moment. Yeah, and let's do that. And then, um, in fact, uh, last season we had a regular corner of the podcast called Talent Focus, and we would regularly go around uh, each, cl- uh, well, each week we would choose a player in Norway and Sweden that we felt was worth profiling. We haven't done that too much this season, but I just want to pick out two players for you and have a sort of a mini talent focus, if that's possible. The first one is that, in fact, yes, Erling Braut Haaland. Let's have a little bit of a meat man's verdict on that. I think the pod, I think we have to talk about him as a pod, as a podcast. And then the other one I wanted to ask you about, he will be related to this game, is Erling Knutsen as well, who the top assist provider in, in Norway at the moment uh, at Lillestrøm. So those two players, give us give us a bit of a, the lowdown on, on both, please, Steve. Well, Haaland's obviously hot property. And there was a match that they played in Europe over in Northern Ireland, uh, which they lost actually 2-1. I can't remember what the team were called. And there was something like a ridiculous, like 20-odd scouts from the main, you know, big European clubs scouting this player. He, he's hot property. Uh, he's only uh, 18-year-old. He's the son of Alfinger Haaland, obviously, ex-Leeds United, Nottingham Forest. And um, he's a striker got great physique for his age he's got great technique for his age and there's been you know some people are saying he's going to end up being a world-class player and he's really developed this year he just um i mean he kind of last year he was in the team scored a few goals but it just seems like bang in the last few months he uh he's just scored so many goals i mean the, the performance at brand was, was ridiculous he scored four goals and three of them inside what was it 15 20 minutes and um it looks like he's going to leave the club. He uh, Salzburg made an offer. Red Bull uh, Salzburg made an offer, something like six million euros, I think. And uh, I think Mulder accepted it. And he's been over there um, negotiating with his dad, uh, looking at the club, seeing if he fancies going there. I, mean, I don't think anything's finalised yet, but you know, it looks like he'd probably be on his bike, and uh, maybe a club like them is a good move for him. I mean, I've heard this before, haven't we, with, with the guy from Strom's Goodson who went to Real Madrid, Odegaard, um, and sometimes these moves, they can get it wrong. But maybe a club like Salzburg is a better, better option for him where he's going to start more games regularly and uh, 
yeah, there's no doubt he's a great talent for the future. And it, yeah, he, maybe he could become world class. It all depends now about his career path, John. You know, these decisions are important. Yeah, and listen, uh, those of you who uh, followed nineties, nineteen nineties football and Premier League, um, will probably think back to the, the Roy Keane tackle uh, on Alf and hard on on his dad, and think that if if that tackle had been, you know, ten inches high, he might not even be around today. Uh, young, young, um, young Brett Harlan. But anyway, um, what is he a sort of out and out striker, or is he? You know, he scored a lot of goals. Is he? Is he? Is he? You know, what's his best position? Striker. Yeah, yeah centre forward. Almost good old fashioned centre forward in a way. Actually, he's he's got he's he's probably like one of these sort of three four dimensional players who's good in every department. You know, aerially good, technically, positionalised. He's got a bit of intelligence as well. So. Um, yeah, he, he looks like he's got it all at this point in time of his career. Um, it's all about development. And uh, Man United, of course, strongly linked to, to him. And uh, who knows, maybe they still might get him. But apparently his dad wasn't very keen on him going there for understandable <laughs> reasons, I think. I like what you've done there, play on words. Yeah, not keen at all. Um, yeah, I mean, he's 18 years old. He, he's the talk of the town, as you've said. Manchester United have been scouting him. I know Middlesbrough as well sent one of their chief scouts to watch him. Um, not quite as high profile, perhaps, but yeah, it looks like maybe Salzburg could be the, the destination um, and a really exciting player. So if, if you are in Norway, I guess watch him while you can. Um, yeah, tell us about Knudsen then. Let's move on and then maybe preview the game very quickly with either a prediction or just a kind of a wrap up of the both sides, you know, outlooks. Yeah, Knudsen, actually, I didn't even realise he was the top assist uh, provider in this league. How many has he got, John? Do you know exactly? It's uh, assists. Six. I'm told, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a striker who's kind of been con converted into a right midfielder slash right winger. I actually prefer him up front myself. I, I like him uh, as a striker. I think he's always rated him as a, a good finisher, actually. Um, but uh, Lillestrom seems to like playing him on the right-hand side of the midfield, and he's adapted really well. So he's. I don't think he's someone who is, is much better than elite Assyrian level. His, his future is probably always going to be in Norway, but he, for this particular league, he does a very good job. Um, for his team, he's, he's become adaptable, and I think he's vice-captain of the club, so he's obviously got a strong dressing room influence, determined individual. He'll leave nothing out there on the field, and um, yeah, I mean, he's the sort of guy you'd, you can depend on and, and you probably want in your team. He's, he's not special by any means, but he gets the job done. Good stuff, good stuff. And, you know, before we move on from Lillestrom, actually, we've we've taken a few questions for the pod uh, this week. And we have one from Tom Dent, a uh, good friend of ours. He's been on the podcast. Uh, and Tom asks us, with maybe a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, but who's going down? And uh, considering he works for one of the teams, maybe uh, around that area, it could be a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But, yes, uh, on the spot there. Do you think Lillestrom will go down, Steve? And um, maybe give us a yeah overview of who you think are the main contenders to go down right now well who's going down i think buddha glimpt <laughs> are one of four teams who could go down um sanderfield i think let's write them off shall we i mean they're eight points adrift at the moment and it's just for me they've had one win in 16 games they go they're, they're toast aren't they they're brown bread surely if they come back from this then it's a miracle uh, which leaves one one of the relegation spot from four teams for me. It'll either be Buda, Glint, Lillestrom, Starbeck or Start. Can't see anyone else getting sucked into it now. I mean, Strom's good to Odd and Valerenga, the next highest in the table. They're far too good to go down. 
uh, teams like Christian Sundranheim, who, you know, some people would have thought pre-season are in trouble. I think they've got enough points on the board. So, yeah, one of those four. I mean, if I had to stick my neck out, I would say probably Start or Starbeck. Could be either of them. And then, obviously, there's the third playoff spot as well. Um, you know, that's up in the air. Usually, the elite Assyrian team has a good record in that match. So, I think if you finish third bottom, you can be confident of surviving. Although, that wasn't the case last year, was it? Runheim did the shock. Um, I think the big problem for the, the team, I mean, Start and Starbeck and Lillestrom, they concede far too many goals. So, they've got to tighten up their defence. They need to score a few more as well. But defensively is their big issue. I think Buda Glimt have looked the best of the four of them, but they need to probably score a few more and they need, need to need to convert more draws into wins. No team has had more draws in this league than Buda Glimt, seven out of 16. So if they need to, some, you know, I've always said you're better off losing losing three and winning two out of five games, aren't you, than, than drawing five. So they need to convert them into, into wins, but... Yeah, I mean, Sanderfield will go down. I'll stick my neck out and say start and probably Starbeck in that um, third playoff position. I think it will be, but it'll be close. It's them four teams um, are going to be fighting right to the end of the season with each other. Interesting stuff. And yeah, I mean, Tom also asked what, what, what teams need to do to stay up, you know, signings, that kind of thing. Um, you touched on it there re really quickly, but um, let's just take a look at. Uh, maybe Sanderfjord, Start and Starbeck and maybe Buda as well. What do they need to do to, to stay up in terms of signings? Maybe could you give us one position each club needs to strengthen urgently um, for those teams to stay up? Well, actually, Starbeck have, have, have reinforced in the goalkeeper department. They've signed Marcus Sandberg from Valerenga. And they probably needed to do this because the current keeper, Sayuba, well, he's, let's be honest, he's, he's not been very good for quite some time now, uh, but he's been especially error-prone this season, I would say. He, he, he's a sore keeper. If a shot comes in from long range, you genuinely don't have a clue what's going to happen to it. It could go in the net in a ridiculous fashion. He could produce a worldy save, or he could produce like a really weird save, which somehow keeps the ball out, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. So he doesn't... Look, if you're a defender... Yeah, they don't need to strengthen uh, anywhere, or you, you, you're saying that was the key signing they needed to make? I think it's definitely one part they need to make. Yeah. The rest of it, I don't think they need to really reinforce anywhere else. They've got a great youth system there. They can rely on the young players to, to develop, and they might just have enough. I think the key for them is to keep players. Right. So, but, okay, start? Um, oh, God. Uh, they've just lost a striker, Finn Bogerson, to Bromer Poikener on loan, Sweden. So, yeah, they need to sign for me uh, another striker. Very interesting stuff. And Sand, if you would, I mean, it sounds like, like you say, there's six points. Uh, they have six points all season, and they start have 14 in their second bottom. So, as you mentioned, Sand, if you would need defenders, mm -hmm. defenders and defended, defensive midfielders. They've got uh, strikers like Engblom and Castrati who maybe could get going. Um, but, I mean, really, Sand, if you need to reinforce everywhere. But if I had to stick my nose out, I'd say defence more than anywhere. For them, Buda Glimt. Oh, Glimt are an interesting case. I think they, there's not too much they need to add. Um, I think, yeah, they've probably got maybe defence for Glimt. Actually, I mean, they've had a few injuries in that area of the field, which hasn't helped them. But if they could sort of really get a top quality stud sort of centre back, 
in there, then it would help their cause. That's amazing stuff. Thank you, Steve. And let's move on from the relegation battle. And thank you to Tom for, for your questions. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at a few more transfers. Now, one has caught my eye, actually, and I'm going to have to ask you about this simply because I like his name. And I know it's not very the most sort of rational uh, reason for a question, but Christophe Psyche. <laughs> Yeah. Psyche, unless he's French and it's Christophe Sieg. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to stick with Psyche because that's the exact spelling. From Bannock Ostrava to Christiansen. Now, we don't talk much about Christiansen, but I, I do actually have a little bit of a soft spot for them. So tell us about this lad. Has he got the mentality and the right sort of uh, well, Psyche to do what? He, he's, he is French and obviously the E at the end is a hyphen AD. So, um, CK. Yeah, CK. So anyway, he played for Songdown for about three or four years. Um, and I liked him there. I think he was quite a solid centre-back, quite a good physical player. And uh, yeah, he looks like a decent signing for Christian Sund. They've lost a player at the back, Nikita Baranoff, to Songdown in the second tier, uh, ironically. They've also lost Benjamin Stocky um, to a Danish club. But yeah, I like CK or Psyche, whatever you want to call him. And um, yeah, solid, solid, solid addition. You know, good physical player. You know, no nonsense. Maybe not technically the best. So um, yeah, good signing for Christiansen. They're a club that have done well in the last couple of years, John. Yeah, I like them mainly because you write them off and they they, they, they showed you up last season. And I, I do like a team, an underdog side, and they're currently eighth in the table, so bang on mid-table. Um yeah, and it sounds like you, you quite rate that lad. Uh, let's wrap up the transfer, because there hasn't been an enormous amount of business, really, uh, as you've rightly pointed out, in Norway yet. Um, could we get your maybe top three signings of the window so far? And then I've got one I wanted to ask you about, and then I've got maybe sort of the biggest losses as well I wanted to ask you about. You know, maybe is there sort of maybe a top three in terms of teams losing players that, you know, either the quality of them being so good that they're going to be lost in the league or just, you know, three players are going to miss type thing. Um, so let's start with your top three transfers. Um, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Wolf just because he could be a massive difference maker if it comes off. I'm going to go with, hmm, go on, I'll go with the goalkeeper at Starbeck, Marcus Sandberg. I just think their current keeper costs them so many points. He, it could this could maybe gain Starbeck five or six points, you know, just by changing a goalkeeper. Mm. And I'm going to talk about one for Hogerson, Ibrahimovaji, has come on loan from Molder. And look, every year Hogerson seems to get this sort of transfer spot on. They get these guys in, and uh, Vaji's sort of been hit and miss with Molder. He doesn't get enough minutes for them. But I reckon if he got a few more consistent starts, then he can go well for Hawkinson on loan. So there you go. I'll give those in my top three so far. The Magnus Wolf, Ikram, Ibrahim Raji, and then Sandberg. Sandberg number three on Sandberg yeah, number one. Three for Sandberg. Wolf the number one. Yeah. Great shout there from Meatman Soccer at Meatman Soccer. So um, yeah, now I wanted to ask you very quickly before we do your three work, three biggest misses or losses of the for the later Serian. I just wanted to ask you about another keeper, actually, who's come from Zenit, uh, I believe. And that's in at Sarpsborg, is it? Yeah. Alexander Vasutin. Is that a backup goalkeeper or is that, I mean, I've just seen Zenit, basically, and 
It's caught my eye. So I just wanted to ask you about that one there. 23 year old. So. Um, I think he's just a backup. I think he's going to, because they lost their number two, Christensen. Um, he went, I can't remember what club Christensen actually went to. But uh, yeah, this guy from uh, Zenit looks like uh, a backup. Yeah, they lost Christensen to a Belgian team called Saint Gilloise. No idea who they are. Um, so yeah, but he will not be the number one keeper. Um, Falch will keep that job. So uh, yeah, interesting looking name uh, for sure there. Yeah, I know that Mulder have also bought a keeper from Cartagena. So it seems like keepers are in fashion at the, at the moment. Uh, Alex Cranix, but maybe he'll be a, a backup as well. But let's um, yeah, let's get your three biggest uh, players you'll either miss or you think will be most missed by either the league or specific teams. Departures. Yeah, yeah. Sivert Helter, Helter Nielsen from uh, from Brand, I think, uh, defensive midfielder. He kind of does a lot of dirty jobs for the team. Goes unnoticed actually. Um, he could. He'll be. There's a bit of a debate about this uh, on Twitter. I saw, you know, some people saying he's not going to be missed that much, but others saying that he's uh, a key cog for Bran. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be missed uh, by the club. I don't know how significantly. Uh, Benjamin Stocky has gone from from uh, Christian Sund. He's quite impressed me in the last year or two, so they might miss his his particular options. Uh, as I say, there's not really been any like massive, massive sales, but Flocky Finn Bogerson looked like Start's best striker. So I think to lose him to Brummer Poikner on a loan deal seems a bit strange to me. And I say they need to they need to reinforce by bringing in, you know, a proper striker to replace him. So I think a lot of the moves will come in the next ten days. Actually, it's been pretty quiet so far. So uh, we'll probably have this conversation in a couple of weeks' time and. Uh, yeah, there'll be some more significant stuff. Interesting stuff. And before we move on, uh, wrapping up the transfer section of this podcast, uh, I did want to ask you about one other player uh, who has gone to Royal Antwerp, I believe, and that's Simon Juklerod. I think is it that pronounced that way. Now, yeah. he's had quite a lot of praise from what I've seen uh, in the league this season, and I just wanted to get your verdict on him uh, as a player heading to Belgium. Is that is that a big loss for Valerian? Uh, he hasn't been, he's only started about six games, so he's not a massive, massive loss, but what he is, he's a really versatile guy. Uh, he can play anywhere, in virtually any wide position on the field, defence or attack. And um, I think they'll miss his versatility. And he was a sort of player who could have maybe developed. So, yeah, it's an interesting, I mean, it's interesting that the, a, a team from the top league in Belgium have come in for him. Um I don't think they'll miss him that greatly, but he's one to keep an eye on. Maybe he could develop in time. Uh, interesting transfer. I didn't expect him to go to the Belgian top league, I'll say that. Yeah, and he's linked up well with Sam Johnson, I think, uh, well, earlier in the early parts of the season. But, uh, yeah, Wallerenga, who we talked about in the preview pod, and they, they kind of said they had top six ambitions, and they're currently ninth. And I remember you, were, you weren't too happy with their sort of top six ambitions, let alone being ninth. So, Maybe 30 seconds or in a brief sentence, Ron Dyler and everyone at Wolleringa, what's your verdict? Well, it's still a long way to go and I think they'll they'll be all right in the second half of the year. But they, look, they've been exposed by good teams. Like, I mean, Rosenborg beat them, Tromso beat them. Um, yeah, they're, it's interesting. I, I don't really, they just, they just need to move to the next level and need to stop. 
I think when someone is on having a good day, a classy team's having a good day, they have no answer for it. So it's still a building project for Volarenga. They've got Sanderfield this weekend. So you know, really that should be three points and maybe that can get them back on track. Good stuff. And before we move on, I want to actually mention Sanderfield for the reasons that they have lost a great person, haven't they, this week, uh, the club. They have seen or what the announcement came for the departure of their assistant manager, Sean Constable, the constable himself, who has uh, been announced as a, an assistant coach at Ostersunds in Sweden. He'll be leaving to join Ian Birchnell, who's so far done a really good job in, in Ostersunds, uh, having taken over from Graham Potter. And, yeah, I mean, on a personal note, we just want to wish, uh, as a podcast, we want to wish uh, Sean Constable all the best because he, he's been on the show twice. He's a fantastic friend of the pod and a, a great guest. Really interesting guy to talk to. So, yeah, we're going to be keeping an eye on Ossesons now. And it's a shame that uh, Sean has left Norway. But as we've seen on Twitter this week, several memories, fun memories of from the club posting on Twitter their memories of him. And I think he'll be missed there. So, yeah, good luck to Sean. And I'm sure you want to echo that, Steve. Definitely. I think a uh, very popular person there at Sanderfield. I think all the players were tweeting how many good memories they had with him. And uh, we wish him the very best of luck over in Sweden there uh, in Ossersunds. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you know the Swedish club have gained a, a really top uh, top coach there for sure. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes you just have to move on and um, I say very best of luck to him there. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point about how it's going out there in Sweden. Yes, and it'll be even more reason to follow us as soon as I suppose with the Ian and obviously Sean down there. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And it's a shame loss for Sanderfield, but obviously they have got their Spanish coaches and and, and uh, you know they'll they'll look to avoid relegation. Let's let's move on now to uh, the European battle before we wrap up this podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to some analysis of Sweden, by the way, just tune into our last podcast on which we featured Axel Kjell, audible manager, and we also did an extensive analysis of transfers in the Allsvenskan to date. So. If you're missing some Swedish input this week, then yeah, just listen to the most recent podcast on there. Uh, and you can check out the website, the Twitter, at Nordic Foot Pod to get the download links. But um, yeah, so Europe wasn't a great week for Scandinavian teams. Uh, well, Norwegian and Swedish teams. Uh, let's start with the Norwegian teams. What happened, Steve? What happened? Well, Lillestrøm got knocked out. It was expected. Hammered 6-1 on aggregate by LASK Linz which I think is a bit worrying, really. I mean, they're not that... I mean, the Austrian league isn't that strong, is it? So I didn't expect them to get battered by them so much as that. But a really great result for Sarpsborg. They're through on away goals. They beat St. Gallen, um, the Swiss team, 1-0 in the second leg. So they've now got Croatian side Rijeka, who I actually know quite a bit about them, and I rate them. I don't think Sarpsborg will get past Rijeka. Mulder are through. Uh, they beat Albanian team Lachi quite easily. Now they've got Scottish opposition, so it should be fairly straightforward uh, against Hibernian. Um, interesting little tie, uh, for sure. And obviously, Rosenborg are now got Cork City. So, uh, in the uh, I mean, in the Swedish side of things, there was uh, success for Malmö, but uh, not so good elsewhere. No, really, a real disappointment, actually, uh, this, this week. I, I think it's, um, I wouldn't go as far as to say maybe there's going to be some soul-searching, but Eurogarden out, uh, they were knocked out, Hacken knocked out, and they were comprehensively 
battered, to be honest. Um, so I mean, that, that was to be expected, in, in fairness. I think Oyekor going out as well is a disappointment. They've gone out to a Danish side, um, which sort of hammers home maybe the fact that Dan the Danes are maybe the number one league in this region. I'm not sure. Keen to hear people's thoughts. <clears throat> but yeah, Malmo are the only team left now in, in Europe, and they've managed to come through against Kluge. And um, yeah, they were knee-deep in Kluge, and they've got out of it. So <clears throat> they'll be uh, moving on in, in, in that, in that, in that uh, qualifications, but everyone else has gone home. And I think it is a bit of a disappointment, really, to be honest. And um, some soul-searching maybe for the Swedish teams. It, it won't help their coefficient, will it? It certainly won't, especially after the good work that Ossersons did last year as well. It's just a shame, but Malmö looked. They've got a very winnable match, you know. Next up, they've got the Hungarian team Videoton or whatever they're called now, um, and they surprisingly got past Luda Geritz. I certainly didn't expect that. That is a very winnable match for Mal uh, for Malmö. Uh, I mean, for both teams, will fancy that. So there's every chance they could get to the the final qualifying round. I mean, imagine that. That would be a great achievement, wouldn't it? Yeah, and we'd love to see. I'd love to see that, to be honest. Um, uh, the Swedish, the Swedish league needs needs that boost. I think after the World Cup, having um, you know Sweden do so well, it's essential that the, the, the momentum is built upon, and I think Europe is is the way to get that momentum. I would just say I know Malmo fans won't like me for saying this, but I think it's just slightly disappointing that it's Malmo because the knock-on effect of that is the Champions League money just reinforces their sort of dominance. Um, and it, obviously they're not having it their own way in the Allsvenskan scan this season. But I think the money side of things for teams like Hacken or, um, you know, even your garden, or, you know, the, that sort of team to be getting knocked out of Europa so early is, is disappointing, I have to say. And, um, I think they, they could have done with that boost in terms of, you know, just, just finances. Uh, I know it's not as much as the Champions League. But yeah, listen, I really want Malmo to do well and I hope they do knock out video time. And uh, let's see how it goes. But um yeah, before we before we go, obviously, I, I don't know if you want to wrap it up in terms of the Norwegian prediction uh, for the likes of Mulder and, and Sarsborg, but do you see much progression for them? Uh, yeah, should, Mulder should get past Hib, shouldn't they? I mean, the Scottish league is a terrible league, apart from Celtic <laughs> Rangers. Um, I mean, I think they've got every chance there, surely. Um, so I, I would expect Mulder to, to progress. Um uh, for Sarpsborg, I mean, they could have definitely had a much tougher draw, but Rijeka, they're one of them teams where you look at it on paper and you think, oh, they're shit. But actually, and I've seen this team play in the last couple of years, and they were the Croatian champions just a couple of years ago. I've seen Dynamo, Zagreb, uh, in the Champions League recently. They're really good. And Rijeka are not as good as them, but they're just below that level. So if Sarpsborg got past Rijeka, I would be... I'd be surprised, but uh, let's just look ahead to the weekend and uh, obviously some matches to, 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 to focus on. And uh, we've had a bit of interaction. Someone has uh, is after your opinion in some Swedish games, John, uh, some predictions. I know you often sit on the fence here, but we can't disappoint, we can't disappoint this man uh, from Nigeria, Solola Olumide, who is asking you for some predictions this weekend in the Alsvenskan. I mean, what stands out for you? Eight games to choose from. Uh, are you going to give us some predictions? Yeah, and I think Salola, they're a regular listener. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's identified the fact that I, I kind of often do like to have those splinters kind of um, on that fence of mine. So he's, he's asked me for predictions, a, a win, 
home win and away win, a draw, both two teams to score, and a 2.5 this weekend. So You're asking much then, is he? <laughs> well, I mean, I might have to set up a sort of uh, some sort of betting betting side of it here. I mean, if he if he does actually get any wins out of this, I want minimum ten percent. But um, listen, he's he's a listener of the show, and uh, I'm going to have to yield on this one and give him give him a go. So let's let's try it out. Um, yeah, let's go then. So looking ahead to the games this this weekend, I'm going to identify a home win, and you guys are going to see me sort of see how desperately. You're going to see the reason why I don't do these predictions. But anyway, uh, when I do get them all wrong. But home win, I'd say Hammerby. They've got Trelleborg at home. Um, we're halfway through the season now. So teams are sort of playing the teams they played last week, in, sense, in essence, some of them. Uh, and Hammerby met Trelleborg last week and absolutely, um, well, it was quite easy for them. They won 3-1 away. So I think at home it would be no problem for them against Trelleborg, who I really think are quite desperate to be honest. I think they are one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. Um, so definite home win there. Away win, I am going to pick Ostersunds. They have got Elsborg away on the Monday, and I think Elsborg, we rarely talk about them, and they sort of fly under the radar, but they're having a poor season. And I think they will struggle. So I think Ostersunds will be my shout for uh, away win. My shout for draw is going to be I'm going to go Gif Sundsvall on this one. I'm going to go Gif Sundsvall, North Shopping draw. I think Gif Sundsvall aren't, well, they've been, they're having a really good season. Everybody wrote them off at the start, but they're, they're, they're doing well. They're, they're sort of mid-table seventh, actually top seven, so flying quite well there. I think that will be a draw. North Shopping are a good side. They're, they're third, but I think they may just find it difficult to come away with three points. Uh, both teams to score. I'm going to go for... Not sure on this one. You have to have a think about that one. Yeah, but I think both teams to score for this one. I would have said Dalka Bromapoikina, but I'm not sure if Mohamed Bouyatore will have left Dalka by then because he's been heavily linked to a Belgian club, uh, St. Chuinzi. You know what? Right. I always have a theory, and I've told you this one before. When two crap teams play against each other in any league, you often get an absolute wild contest mm. with but- goals and everywhere. And maybe this could be one of those. He could be right. I mean, it's bottom against second bottom, but I just think that Dalko had a... For number one, Bromma Poikin has scored nine goals all season. And then number two, Dalko, it's all about Bouyatore. He scored, I think, more than 50% of their goals, or roughly 50% of their goals. They scored 19 all season. He scored nine. So if he has left by then, which I'm not sure he will, I'd struggle. But listen, I'm going to go for Audebro Hacken. I think they, they both... Uh, it was a one or draw in the last game, last weekend. I think could see both teams scoring again. I think Hacken will be a bit worn down from Europe, but uh, yeah, I think they'll both score. And then final one he wanted was what was it, over two point five goals. And in that one, I will pick Roman Poikina. Uh, Dalkard actually, that would be probably be a bit hypocritical, wouldn't it? But yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Roman Poikina, Dalkard over two point five. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Even I don't know that much about either team apart from them. they're not very good. But, uh, yeah, you, I tell you, it's amazing. How, I mean, they're in a position, both will fancy the win. They've got to win it. Mm. It will often lead to a really open game. So, well, well. You won either way. That fence of yours has, is actually standing at the moment. Then. Yeah, there you go. So, just for you, just for you. And I just wanted to quickly, before we wrap up this podcast, 
the one game we didn't mention in, in that there where I, I didn't mention um, I kind of sat on the fence was Kalmar EFK Jotoburg and I just want to wish Nana Bergstrand from Kalmar the manager uh, all the best he's had to stand down actually from his role uh, due to health issues which haven't been exactly clarified but uh, yeah he's, he's had I think maybe a health scare or something along those lines and has had to stand down from his position he's been replaced um, so yeah I mean he'd, been, he'd done really well turning them around last season a bit of a veteran a wily old fox of the league and it's really sad to see him sort of leaving that way so I hope he gets better soon but um, yeah we wish we wish Nana Bergstrand all the best Kalmar I mean has he left them in a good spot how, how are Kalmar doing these days the ninth, uh, 16 goals scored, 16 goals conceded, zero goal difference. Pretty much bang on mid-table. Solid uh, sort of season. Yeah, but considering where everyone thought they'd be, he's, he's done a good job. And don't forget, they were probably big contenders to go down last season when he stepped in. In fact, I think they may well have gone down had he not stepped in. And he's he's a, you know he's a really he's really well respected as well as as well as being a good manager. Uh, turned it round, got the mid-table, and it's just a shame that he's had to sort of stand down. So, yeah, wish him all the best. But Kalmar are doing well and the, the, their fans will be happy with their, their position at the moment. Yeah, all the best to him. And, uh, well, I think that's probably about it for this uh, this week and joining the podcast. Indeed. Yeah, well, enjoyed that one. And, uh, well, we'll be back again soon, hopefully. Um, hope you all enjoyed it, uh, listeners. And, uh, as I say, I'll, I'll say goodbye and, and take care, everyone, and uh, see you again soon. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening.